the Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Glad you're with us tonight for the Bible Live, your opportunity to listen to the entire Bible every year. We've just begun our reading again for this year. We've read the book of Genesis already in its entirety. We are now fairly deep into the book of Exodus. We started out in the Bible with the story of creation. Then chapter 12, God begins to deal with a man and his wife, Abraham and Sarah, then it's Isaac and Rebekah, their two sons, Jacob and Esau, then went to Jacob, and then his 12 sons, remember his two wives, Leah and Rachel, and his two concubines. So he has 12 sons. Joseph gets sold by his brothers down into Egypt. The whole family follows him, and 400 years later, you got over 2 million people living up in the land of Goshen. But instead of honored guests, they become a society of slaves, actually. The Egyptians turned them into a workforce. Then we have seen them in the book of Exodus, of course. We have seen them exit Egypt. And we now find them parked beneath Mount Sinai, this famous mountain of God, where Moses had earlier seen the burning bush. Now they have returned to that spot, and they are receiving instructions. On our last reading of the last program of the Bible Live, we read the first time the Ten Commandments are presented to the people of Israel. That's just a real quick recap. The theme of the book of Exodus is that this mob of slaves organized by their tribes, they remember their family genealogies and lineages, and they each have their tribal loyalties. That'll turn out to have its pluses and minuses. There's a lot of rancor. There's a lot of competition and intertribal jealousies among the people of Israel. They are not just entirely a mob. There is some organization. They do have tribal leaders and authorities, family units, but they are now having to learn there at the base of Mount Sinai how to live as free people. Before we get into the book of Exodus, though, let's go back for our Wisdom and Worship segment to the Psalms tonight. 
on the Bible Life. Psalm 18, verses 30 through 42. As for God, His way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to Him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength. He has made my way safe. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, leading me safely along the mountain heights. He prepares me for battle. He strengthens me to draw a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand supports me. Your gentleness has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You made them turn and run. I have destroyed all who hated me. They called for help, but no one came to rescue them. They cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer them. I ground them as fine as dust carried by the wind. I swept them into the gutter like dirt. End of reading, Psalm 18, 30 through 42. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Beautiful song tonight on our Wisdom and Worship segment listing a number of the great benefits of walking with God. The Bible is primarily about us, each of us, having the opportunity by our choice, our free will, to acknowledge God, to love God, to seek God, to worship God, to, by faith, come into a secure, confident relationship with Him that goes with us through this life, and of course, even more important, in eternity. We are preparing for afterlife, but after we have come into that relationship with God and beginning to walk with Him, There are a great number of promises that come to us, that belong to us as God's children. Psalm 18 lists a number of the great promises that God has given to us, his people. Now, let's turn to the book of Exodus as Moses gives an expansion of the Ten Commandments. This is not an exhaustive presentation of the Levitical law, of the laws that governed Israel, but this is him giving examples of how the Ten Commandments would work out in practical life situations, whether it's doing with finances and lending money or calling for justice in terms of property damage to others and so on. So let's listen now to these chapters from the book of Exodus on the Bible Life. Exodus 22:25 through 25:40. Exodus 22. If you lend money to a fellow Hebrew in need, do not be like a money lender charging interest. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge of repayment, you must return it by nightfall. Your neighbor will need it to stay warm during the night. If you do not return it and your neighbor cries out to me for help, then I will hear, for I am very merciful. Do not blaspheme God or curse anyone who rules over you. Do not hold anything back when you give me the tithe of your crops and your wine. You must make the necessary payment for redemption of your firstborn sons. You must also give me the firstborn of your cattle and sheep. Leave the newborn animal with its mother for seven days, then give it to me on the eighth day. You are my own holy people. Therefore, do not eat any animal that has been attacked and killed by a wild animal. Throw its carcass out for the dogs to eat. Exodus 23. Do not pass along false reports. Do not cooperate with evil people by telling lies on the witness stand. 
do not join a crowd that intends to do evil. When you are on the witness stand, do not be swayed in your testimony by the opinion of the majority, and do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. If you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that has strayed away, take it back to its owner. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you struggling beneath a heavy load, do not walk by. Instead, stop and offer help. Do not twist justice against people simply because they are poor. Keep away from falsely charging anyone with evil. Never put an innocent or honest person to death. I will not allow anyone guilty of this to go free. Take no bribes, for a bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. A bribe always hurts the cause of the person who is in the right. Do not oppress the foreigners living among you. You know what it is like to be a foreigner. Remember your own experience in the land of Egypt. Plant and harvest your crops for six years, but let the land rest and lie fallow during the seventh year. Then let the poor among you harvest any volunteer crop that may come up. Leave the rest for the animals to eat. The same applies to your vineyards and olive groves. Work for six days and rest on the seventh. This will give your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. It will also allow the people of your household, including your slaves and visitors, to be refreshed. Be sure to obey all my instructions. And remember, never pray to or swear by any other gods. Do not even mention their names. Each year you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. The first is the Festival of Unleavened Bread. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast, just as I commanded you before. This festival will be an annual event at the appointed time in early spring, for that is the anniversary of your exodus from Egypt. Everyone must bring me a sacrifice at that time. You must also celebrate the festival of harvest when you bring me the first crops of your harvest. Finally, you are to celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. At these three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign Lord. Sacrificial blood must never be offered together with bread that has yeast in it and no sacrificial fat may be left unoffered until the next morning. As you harvest each of your crops, bring me a choice sample of the first day's harvest. It must be offered to the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. See, I am sending my angel before you to lead you safely to the land I have prepared for you. Pay attention to him and obey all of his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he will not forgive your sins. He is my representative. He bears my name. But if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, so you may live there, and I will destroy them. Do not worship the gods of these other nations or serve them in any way, and never follow their evil example. Instead, you must utterly conquer them and break down their shameful idols. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water, and I will keep you healthy. There will be no miscarriages or infertility among your people, and I will give you long, full lives. I will send my terror upon all the people whose lands you invade, and they will panic before you. I will send hornets ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites. But I will not do this all in one year, because the land would become a wilderness, and the wild animals would become too many to control. I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to fill the land. And I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, and from the southern deserts to the Euphrates River. I will help you defeat the people now living in the land, and you will drive them out ahead of you. Make no treaties with them and have nothing to do with their gods. Do not even let them live among you. If you do, they will infect you with their sin of idol worship, and that would be disastrous for you. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
Exodus 24. Then the Lord instructed Moses, Come up here to me and bring along Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of Israel's leaders. All of them must worship at a distance. You alone, Moses, are allowed to come near to the Lord. The others must not come too close. And remember, none of the other people are allowed to climb on the mountain at all. When Moses had announced to the people all the teachings and regulations the Lord had given him, they answered in unison, We will do everything the Lord has told us to do. Then Moses carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions. Early the next morning, he built an altar at the foot of the mountain. He also set up twelve pillars around the altar, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent some of the young men to sacrifice young bulls as burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half the blood from these animals and drew it off into basins. The other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They all responded again, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Then Moses sprinkled the blood from the basins over the people and said, This blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these laws. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 of the leaders of Israel went up the mountain. There they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet there seemed to be a pavement of brilliant sapphire, as clear as the heavens. And though Israel's leaders saw God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they shared a meal together in God's presence. And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain. Stay there while I give you the tablets of stone that I have inscribed with my instructions and commands. Then you will teach the people from them. So Moses and his assistant Joshua climbed up the mountain of God. Moses told the other leaders, Stay here and wait for us until we come back. If there are any problems while I am gone, consult with Aaron and Hur, who are here with you. Then Moses went up the mountain, and a cloud covered it, and the glorious presence of the Lord rested upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from the cloud. The Israelites at the foot of the mountain saw an awesome sight. The awesome glory of the Lord on the mountaintop looked like a devouring fire. Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed higher up the mountain. He stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Exodus 25. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel that everyone who wants to may bring me an offering. Here is a list of items you may accept on my behalf. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. Fine linen, goat hair for cloth. Tanned ram skins and fine goatskin leather. Acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps. Spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense onyx stones, and other stones to be set in the ephod and the chest piece. I want the people of Israel to build me a sacred residence where I can live among them. You must make this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the plans I will show you. Make an ark of acacia wood, a sacred chest, three and three-fourths feet long, two and one-fourth feet wide, and two and one-fourth feet high. Overlay it inside and outside with pure gold, and put a molding of gold all around it. Cast four rings of gold for it, and attach them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Make poles from acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. Fit the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. These carrying poles must never be taken from the rings. They are to be left there permanently. When the ark is finished, place inside it the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant which I will give to you. Then make the ark's cover, the place of atonement, out of pure gold. It must be three and three-fourths feet long and two and one-fourth feet wide. Then use hammered gold to make two cherubim and place them at the two ends of the atonement cover. Attach the cherubim to each end of the atonement cover, making it all one piece. 
the cherubim will face each other, looking down on the atonement cover with their wings spread out above it. Place inside the ark the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, which I will give to you. Then put the atonement cover on top of the ark. I will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the ark of the covenant. From there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. Then make a table of acacia wood three feet long, one and a half feet wide, and two and a quarter feet high. Overlay it with pure gold and run a molding of gold around it. Put a rim about three inches wide around the top edge and put a gold molding all around the rim. Make four gold rings and put the rings at the four corners by the four legs, close to the rim around the top. These rings will support the poles used to carry the table. Make these poles from acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And make gold plates and dishes, as well as pitchers and bowls, to be used in pouring out drink offerings. You must always keep the special bread of the presence on the table before me. Make a lampstand of pure hammered gold. The entire lampstand and its decorations will be one piece, the base, center stem, lamp cups, buds, and blossoms. It will have six branches, three branches going out from each side of the center stem. Each of the six branches will hold a cup shaped like an almond blossom, complete with buds and petals. The center stem of the lampstand will be decorated with four almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. One blossom will be set beneath each pair of branches where they extend from the center stem. The decorations and branches must all be one piece with the stem, and they must be hammered from pure gold. Then make the seven lamps for the lampstand, and set them so they reflect their light forward. The lamp snuffers and trays must also be made of pure gold. You will need 75 pounds of pure gold for the lampstand and its accessories. Be sure you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. End of reading, Exodus 22:25 through 25:40. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He! This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We read here in the book of Exodus these plans for this portable worship center. They don't know it at this point. The people of Israel are going to carry it around for a lot of years. They're only maybe nine or ten days travel from Egypt up to Canaan, the promised land, their ultimate objective in traveling. But they'd managed to turn that into a 40-year journey, as we will see. But they're going to take this tabernacle, this tent worship center, along with them. Now, they didn't all fit inside it. It's not that sort of thing. It was primarily a central for the offering of sacrifices. Remember that offering blood sacrifices was a part of the Jewish worship that is instituted here in these passages. Oh, isn't that terrible? Isn't that primitive? Isn't that barbaric? No, it was not, in fact. It wasn't just we're killing this meat for the gods to eat or something like that. It was understood that the meat and the sacrifices that were brought, to a great extent, they were given to the Lord to support the people who would be called to minister in the nation of Israel. The Levitical tribe will be chosen as a tribe that ministers, that oversees the worship center, that cares for it. As a priestly tribe, the Levites would also be the ones who would fill the priestly roles of looking out for the community. A lot of very serious responsibilities in terms of judgment and justice for the community. They would help try the criminal trials and the civil trials of property rights and so on. 
Plus, they looked out for the nation's health diseases and so on. So they had a very serious function, and as they were giving themselves to ministry instead of giving themselves to making a buck, you know, supporting the family, planting crops, raising herds and so on, they were not to do that. So the people brought these offerings as a way to help feed and support the priestly tribe of the Levites. But there was a serious part on the spiritual aspect. The idea was to communicate very clearly, and it did, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. In other words, that the wages, the result of sin, is death. Sin is not something that God can play with. A holy, righteous, fair God cannot arbitrarily, oh, you didn't mean it too badly. It's not this doting grandfather in the sky that just lets the grandchildren run amok. The point of the sacrifices was to show that sin is to be taken very seriously, that it had serious consequences. And, of course, part of that was communicated clearly through the sacrificial system. They give the Ten Commandments and this summary overview of the Ten Commandments, what it would mean for the people in terms of property rights, calling them to justice and to be a righteous people. In the institution of these three annual festivals, we read about that, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, Festival of Final Harvest, those were important. We've just finished a time of observing Thanksgiving. We know how important a day like that is to a nation as it calls us to come aside and take time to be grateful. We know that that has a very healthy, positive influence on the culture, on the society, although there are many who don't like it because perhaps of its spiritual roots or religious foundations. But it is a good thing, and these national days, these festival times, can be so very important to help get a sense of unity in the nation, emphasizing certain values that are important to a culture. And then, of course, the people respond, accepting this covenant relationship, that if they would honor God and follow Him and live for Him and obey Him and be a witness for Him to the other nations of the world, that God would covenant to bless them, to protect them to guide them in all their ways and to prosper them as a people to allow them to continue to exist. We should not take that for granted. Many of the cultures and societies of that time don't exist today. They disappeared. The Hittites and many of the groups that we read about in the Bible, they're gone. The people of Israel are still here. They were given that privilege of surviving. Right now, I want you to hear from my engineer, Roy. He's going to tell you about something special we're doing for this time of the year at Christmas and how we want you to participate with us and uh, get a set of the Bible Live CDs as well. Hi, this is Roy Butler, Soapy's engineer for the Bible Live broadcast. Every week, we get messages from our listeners, calls, letters, and emails. We just had to share these words from Billy Dean. Soapy, I would just like to say thank you for taking this project on and for producing this wonderfully recorded Word of God. Your reading of the Bible is moving and powerful and yet so soothing. I love it. Billy, how have the Bible Life CDs benefited you personally? I've had difficulty in the past finding time to read more than just a few scriptures each day. Now that I have this set of the Bible Life CDs, I'm amazed at how much scripture I can get. It's so convenient. I can go straight through or or listen to specific portions for our Bible study. Soapy tells me you and your husband have given the Bible Life CDs as gifts. What have others thought about the CDs? Not only is the quality exceptional, but the price is too. The entire Bible for only $100, and that is tax deductible. I've bought several sets now and given them as gifts. With age, reading becomes so much more difficult. So I gave a set to an older couple who are going through a very difficult time, and they loved it. Their house is being filled with scripture now. 
I gave another set to my mother and father-in-law for Christmas. I wish you could have seen their faces. They were so excited to receive this gift. What a blessing it is to share the word. They were so thankful. Finally, Billy, as you know, Soapy is now developing funding to take the Bible Live to other cities across Texas and the U.S. Would you encourage our other listeners to help out by ordering their own Bible Live CD set? I am beyond delighted with my set of Bible Live CDs, and I know you or someone you know would be blessed by giving or receiving this wonderful gift of God's Word. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. And we want you to know as well that if you are so led to be a part of the broadcast with us in that way and to get involved uh, ordering your set of the Bible Live CD sets, we apply all of the proceeds of that to help us with the broadcast challenges. Someone has taken some of the great Christmas songs, the secular songs, like I Am Dreaming of a White Christmas and jingle bells and so on and someone has taken those and written some beautiful christian lyrics to those and we'd like to create that cd and make that available to you as well so if you can send some support to the broadcast in this end of the year time uh, we would be glad to share those christmas songs we call them converted christmas songs so (laughs) there'll be a special gift for you at this time of the year if your christmas party for your church or your home or your sunday school group is coming up they would enjoy singing these famous old christmas songs but with beautiful christmas and christmas lyrics. Almost every verse that we read could hold some interest as we try to interpret and understand some of these instructions, some of these laws and commands that are given to the people of Israel, some of them specific and some of them symbolic as well. As I mentioned, to understand the covenant ratification ceremony with the shedding of blood, we have to understand the idea that sin is serious that sin brings death. And of course, all of this was looking forward to the definitive solution for sin that God gave by sending His Son, the Messiah, who came and shed His own innocent blood on our behalf. There is one other thing I would mention is that being kind to enemies was a very revolutionary, radical idea. When Moses talked about that in chapter 23, verses 4 and 5, being kind to enemies, that was pretty radical. And of course, a lot of radical ideas come out of people who are walking with the true and living God. See you next time. With Soapy Dollar, Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.